Greetings, friends. It's me, Althazar. Thank you so much for showing up for our final shining birthday. Our beloved members of our shining congregation went down to Yatil just to hatch an egg and <laughs> so much magic has happened since then to think all we had to do was tamper with a bit of time and space and then we could make this happen. I'm so glad you're here with us travelers. Much like the lovely Craftians, we have split this episode into two parts for your listening pleasure. Today, joining us for this shining birthday is the group known as Critical Bits. They're a bardic group from far, far away, telling a story of a certain city known as Heavendale. Oh, doesn't that sound nice? Their story revolves around teenage superheroes as they deal with the woes of teenage life, a multitude of goofs, and some fantastic roles that really let them shine. Oh, let them shine. If you're in the mood for some hilarious villains and some great gripping story about the ramifications of having superhero powers in a modern day society, then I highly suggest you go give them a listen. Travelers, as you know, we have been trying to hatch this shining bird for our shining god for some time now. And we have a little special treat, a little reveal, at the end of the second part of this beautiful shining tale. We can't wait to share it with you. As much as we've loved sitting up here in this attic for a month, barely moving our limbs twisted and forced into confined spaces causing pain all throughout our body, we think it's time for us to move on, stretch the old legs, and get back out there doing the great work of the Shining God, because who doesn't want to praise the Lord? And don't forget, travelers, Battle Barge College has so many members of our beautiful Shining Congregation. If you want some lovely sound effects, like people screaming, horses moving in a straight line, or even a fireball to light your enemy's house on fire, then be sure to head on over to BattleBards.com. All right, travelers, enough of me gabbing on. Let's hop into this final birthday. Now join us as the Critical Bits cast presents A Shining Birthday, Part 1.
The sleepy small town of Yatil sits on a coast where the waves lap at the beach in an almost hypnotic and rhythmic pattern. Nothing bad ever really happens here, life just keeps moving on at slow and steady pace. Some people might find this kind of life boring, they might dream of the big city of Waterdeep or want the rolling hills and lush forests of Cormier, but not the folks of Yatil. These people are mighty fine with just having a nice and relaxing day, do their work, and come home at the end of the day to get a good amount of shut-eye. The village is a small one. A collection of small houses are grouped together facing the beach. Many boats and fishing equipment are actually sitting around them, and a town square opens up past their tiny collective. A small church of Talos, the god of storms, looms mightily near a small leatherworker shop who has his works on display. A general store named Preston's Corner sits cheerily by the sheriff's station, almost tauntingly drifting the smells of fresh baked bread over their way. And lastly, in this small town square that surrounds a well-worn well, is an inn dubbed proudly as Marvin's Marvelous Meals. As we watch this sleepy village and the sun slowly start to move into the evening, casting its shadow around, we see a small wagon coming up. Driving it is a burly-looking halfling with a handlebar mustache and a flowing mane of hair that is business in the front and party in the back. As this wagon starts to come on in, we see a few passengers sitting in there. And why don't you each go ahead and describe and say what characters you're playing? Um, all right, I'll start. Uh, I'm Joel, and I'm playing Cyrus Blackscale. He is a six and a half foot tall dragonborn. Blackscales, surprise. Um, and I am a paladin. And I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of possessions on me. I, I, of course, have my holy symbol for the shining god. I, you know, um, I keep being told that I'm gonna get a copy of the good book um, once it you know, goes to circulation, and I'm really excited about that, so I don't have, you know, a whole... The Shining Good Book. Yeah, The Shining Good <laughs> yes. Book, yet. Uh, but, you know, and the thing about me is, you know, I used to be a soldier, and then some stuff happened, and then I had to find, like, a new gig, and the the Shining God was the first people to talk to me, and they were really nice and pleasant, and, you know, I told them I was kind of without purpose, and they said they would tell me what to do, and so I said yes, and... You know, they and they. I asked them how they felt about my giant sword because I do wield a great sword, and they said, you know, a sword that large just makes you a little closer to God. At least that's what I heard. <laughs> and so every day I'm just trying to make my sword a little bigger. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm playing Clark Newman, the cleric, a light cleric, and a, you know, a faithful servant of the Shining God. Uh, Clark doesn't mention that he's been a cleric of several other gods and just sort of jumps ship at the first opportunity. And he also is a reader of the aforementioned uh, book of the Shining God. You know, the, the good word that definitely is real and definitely exists. Well, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Paul Byron, and I'm playing Bardo Blueski, a half-elf bard. He's long-haired, kind of scruffy, hippie-looking. He's got a very colorful leather armor somehow. He's found a way to dye that. Might be magic, might just be gross sauce. Can't really tell, but... He used to be a musician traveling the way, and these days he's just, well, following the Shining God, and he is so excited about that. Oh! Hi, I'm Shelby Lee, and I'm playing Sunshine, and Sunshine is just so excited and has this big toothy grin and fangs and ready to go and curious about everything, and let's figure this out and let's do this! So you are all pulling up into Yatil, and the halfling driver stops the cart and looks over at all of you. All right, yeah, looks like we're here. Um, yeah, um, 
think I forgot to charge you, but it's a Tuesday. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You're good. Oh, the Shining God has blessed us. Thank you. Oh, Shining God is. Is that some new thing from Waterdeep? Uh, one of them fads? Is that, did you just call our God a fad? What's well, not a fad at all? No, uh, well, I'm sorry. Have you not heard of the Shining God? Uh, nope. Uh, I just usually sit in this wagon and uh, go between Waterdeep and Util. That is my life. Well, the word of the Shining God should go with you, and then I nudge, I nudge at Clark to, you know, to to give to give a couple of lovely, like a lovely sermon, a little taste of it. I I like cast the light can trip on like a little necklace I'm wearing, and it like brightens up. Oh, that's bright. And I, I throw my arms up in the air and I just start yelling about the Shining God and the blessings of the Shining God. And, and, and if you follow the Shining God, the blessings will be bestowed upon you and upon your family and upon your lands. And I'm just like way too loud for the enclosed space. And the light is really <laughs> annoying. As this goes on, Lardo's rushing through his bag and moves past the violin and pulls out the bagpipes. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just begins accompanying, accompanying the sermon, so... You know what? I already had my bard do this before, so I have bagpipe sounds ready. I am ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that on the... It's a very popular fantasy instrument because you don't have to hear it. Uh, well, we got them. Oh, I mean, I don't have to hear it. Sunshine starts uh, singing along. Oh, that's beautiful. But like a hiss. <laughs> so I can tell right now, like, we're kind of getting into it, so I think we're about to kind of proselytize. So I do what I normally do and anybody that looks like they're not enjoying it I do point my giant sword at them um, and then tell them to uh, to praise the shining god. So you start looking around this empty, well, I guess it's not really that empty anymore because you're making a, quite, a, quite a performance. So you see there was this elven woman she was pacing back and forth around this well. She was dressed in all sorts of rags and she doesn't seem to be enjoying the bagpipe, so you draw your sword and point it at her, and she hisses and quickly runs behind the general store, almost animalistic. This half-orc woman comes out of the sheriff's building, and she has this large hat on and a rusty star badge on her side and a glowing axe. You see there is a few people coming out of the general store, and this dwarf comes out of this inn called Marvin's Marvelous Meals, wearing an apron that says, I'm Marvin. (laughs) Uh, I I see people, and I worry that with all the bagpipes and such, they won't be able to hear me, so I cast Thaumaturgy, and now I'm super, super loud. Like, supernaturally (laughs) loud. (laughs) And I'm just like, and the shining God! Still just looking at the coach driver, though. Like, I really want to drive it home. Yeah, why don't you uh, go ahead and give me a persuasion to try to, you know, get the crowd on your side. And Bardo, why don't you roll a performance? Let's see how good you're doing. Sure. Uh, I rolled a four, so that's an eight. Hmm. Not very good. Hmm. That's a five, which is not going to be great, but... Listen, I can roll an intimidate check if you want me to, to strong-arm people into believing about my god. Sure. Yeah, you can try to intimidate me. <laughs> like a true man of the Lord. <laughs> I still come out with an 11. Okay, that's not too bad. Ooh, just an 11. So, you are all definitely making a scene. <laughs> and uh, you're definitely noticed. <laughs> And uh, the the halfling who was with you, uh, he kind of looking around and just says, "Well, you know what? I'm actually uh, 
I'm just gonna go ahead and take the red eye. I'm just gonna take my wagon back already. And he hops into his wagon and just starts taking off. As he's driving away, I look at the rest of him. I go, I think we got another one, gang. And I give a big <laughs> thumbs up. The sheriff walks up, and this half-orc woman stands before you. Hey, I'm Sheriff Olivia. I'm the sh- Wait, Clark? Clark Newman. Olivia, hello. Hello. It has been ages. Uh, what is my relationship with Olivia? Like, what, do we like each other? Um, it's, I don't know if any of you are from a small town to <laughs> get that good gossipy <laughs> feeling. You are very aware. No, but I know why that's cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, uh, you're, you're in good standings. Like, you, you know, you probably get along well in person, but you've probably heard some gossip because everyone gossips because there's nothing to do. What's the gossip on Olivia? Her past is a little mysterious, a little shady. She's a half-orc, so some people think that she got that magic axe on her side through bandit, you know, just going and pillaging. Uh, she's told people she's an adventurer. Uh, she seems to have a good head on her shoulders and looks after the people in the town. She's a good sheriff, but people are just, um, like, curious about her, and she doesn't speak a lot about her past. So we're here to presumably see people she has imprisoned. Yes. Would, as cultists, will we be trying to hide that that's our mission, or will we just be open about it, or is it up to us? Honestly, it's up to you. Some cultists are not <laughs> afraid. I'll use that word. We don't like to use the word cultist. <laughs> well, this was, this was Shannon out of character. That's a, that's a bit of a charged. <laughs> Some members of this beautiful, loving, shining congregation uh, love to be very loud and proud, just like you were there. That's super common amongst them. And some are a little more discreet when they uh, need to get something done. Okay. But you know the sheriff is pretty chill most of the time. Uh, she can get a little bit cautious when it comes to protecting the town, but uh, as far as hiding if you're a cultist, that is completely up to you all. Well, I don't think we're going to hide that we're cultists. Well, it's kind of late. It seems a little late for that, Fred. We sang a song when we came into town. Yeah, you literally just used thaumaturgy to shout about the Shining God. Am I trying to hide that I'm trying to summon an egg thing and, and, and my friend's in jail and stuff? I think for now I'm just going to keep quiet about it unless y'all ask her. Um, but I say, hello, Olivia! It, it's, it's so wonderful to see you! And I like look way too over-eager. Wow, Clark, you seem like you're doing really good for yourself. It's been forever. How have you been? Uh, I, I found the church of, of the Shining God, and he has brought so much <laughs> light into my life, and I've just been so, it's just been so wonderful to introduce my friends. I was like, these wonderful, wonderful friends that are my uh, brothers and sisters in the church of the Shining God here. Hello! Oh, hi. We don't get a lot of goblins around these parts. What's your name? Sunshine! Wow, I love that name. That's so nice. Oh, thank you! What's your name? Olivia? Olivia, yeah, I'm the sheriff here. That's very pleasant as well. Thank you. How about the rest of you? I'm, I'm Cyrus Blackscale, and I was gonna say, I like, uh, I like your shiny axe there for our shiny god. And I, and I give her a thumbs up. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I've had this thing for a while now. So, are you, so you're, so you're already part of the, the, the Church of the Shining God, I see? Uh, no. No, I follow Talos here, the god of storms. You're gonna need to put that axe out, then. Oh. <laughs> oh. Put it out? Yeah, that's our thing. 
we're the shining god people and that's shining and if you're with who is this talos like what's their thing storms really yeah Ugh. <laughs> you know like with the sea we, we often have to pay him homage or else uh, we don't want our sailors to be in any danger see but that doesn't sound pleasant at all Okay, sounds like a real dick. That's, oh. You hear, like, a rumbling in the distance. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, fr- oh, oh, oh <laughs> friends, friends, let's, let's be respectful of other beliefs. I'm sure we, we uh, uh, Olivia is uh, very open-minded. He's saying that whether or not she's open-minded. Later on, we can talk to her about our god and maybe, you know, get a, uh, get another convert for the day, but no, no need, no need for insults. However inferior other gods are, we don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, as soon as Clark starts saying this, uh, Cyrus just like picks up his sword and points to anyone else in the crowd and says, like, Who's not being respectful of other people's religions? <laughs> <laughs> so a few people start uh, heading back into Preston's corner store, and you see the dwarf that had the apron said, Hi, I'm Marvin. He just finished loading a few boxes back into his inn, and he goes, Well, those bagpipes were pretty fun. Uh, but, well, I guess I'm going back to work. And he goes on to the inn. Who is that guy? Oh, that's Marvin. He runs Marvin's Marvelous Meals. He took it over from his father, Marvin. <laughs> it's, it's a family name. Oh, how are the meals there? Marvelous, really. <laughs> of course they are. Now, if I were to change my name to Marvin, would I be the next in line? I'm sure you could talk to him about it. I'm not sure how he'd feel, but I'm sure there's a discussion there that could be had. Are you looking to run an inn? I look over to uh, Clark and I like look to see if I'm looking to run an inn. <laughs> uh, the, no, no, no. The followers of the Shining God, as written in the book of the Shining God, uh, we, we travel. We, we travel and we proselytize. Uh, we're just visiting. No one can hold me down. I'm, I'm a... On the land for the shining god, and I give a thumbs up. I, I awkwardly nod. I swear I've heard that somewhere. Shining god. I just can't place it right now. The shining god has many followers all across the lands. I'm trying to uh, change the subject. We also just sang a song like three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably just that. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Yes, I pointed a sword at a woman because I didn't know if I was supposed to or not. Hey, hey. Oh, right. Yeah, you pointed your sword at Spit Whistle. She's a little weird, but don't mind her. She's she's not all there. She's been here forever. Is that a family name? <laughs> I don't think so. Not all there. Yeah, remember she's the elf that's been here for god forever. And Clark, you know about Spit Whistle. They are kind of like the town weirdo. Some say that she was here before the town even started. And she has these weird visions that most of the time are super far off. But every once in a while, she has a zinger that is eerily accurate. And it really creeps everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should talk to Spit Whistle. Well, generally, people let Spit Whistle just do their thing because people don't really want to talk to Spit Whistle, and then Spit Whistle says, I see you being ground up in the future, and then, you know, you just, you don't want to take the chance, so we just kind of let Spit Whistle be Spit Whistle. Uh, I look at Olivia, and I start remembering the items that we need to summon uh, to, to get the egg to hatch, and uh, I, like, would I remember if Marvin sells milk? He should have some, yeah. 
I'm um, <laughs> severely allergic to soy milk. W would there be other milks here? Oh, yeah, something happened to Jess's cows. It's actually around the time of the accident, not too long ago. And uh, they haven't been able to produce milk at all. We've all just been drinking soy milk and we're not super happy about it. The accident? Yeah, uh, a bunch of people went out to see good oh, 14, 16 people. And only four made it back. Fish milk! There's the answer! Uh, uh, mm, hmm. <laughs> That's a great idea, Bardo! But yeah, only four made it back, and they've been kind of weird since then, but honestly, I think it's the trauma. They drank too much fish milk. You know what? I haven't had fish milk before, but that might be the case. It's great in moderation. Well, you can see if Marvin has some. Uh, Preston might actually have some over in his general store, since he has a bakery in there, but I'm not too sure. You're going to have to talk to him. Well, thank you. Well, let's go get some milk. Yes. My bones need calcium. Thank you so much, Olivia. May the shining god be with you. And I, like, I have a glove on my hand, and I dramatically gesture with it, and I cast light on it, so there's, like, light, and I use thaumaturgy to make my eyes glow. Everyone's blinded for a sec because <laughs> it's starting to get a little dark, so they're all, uh... It's super annoying. It's extra. As I'm leaving, I do the little, like, finger point to my eyes and then point to her ex and then, like, do, like, a little thumbs down to gesture that she needs to put that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> she nods at Smokey the Bear for reminding her of fire safety. <laughs> Um, so where would you all like to go? There is Marvin's Marvelous Meals, you got Preston's Corner Store, the sun has dipped below the horizon, so it is, you know, it's, it's nighttime now, it's getting a little late. Guys, where do you think we should go? I, I'm partial to Spitwhistle, I trust them for some reason. I think they really took kindly to me uh, pouring a sword at their face, so I think they're Shining God material for sure. Okay, I feel like we could stay here for a couple of days and... Just start with Spit Whistle. Let's let's go find out where they are. So you all want to look for Spit Whistle? Yeah, let's let's do that. As a former town weirdo, I relate <laughs> to them a lot. I am also a weirdo. Well, you're all pretty high in the running for being town weirdo of every town you come into. <laughs> you're one to talk. You can do an investigation check to see if you can look around for Spit Whistle. Fantastic. I have the observant feet. Oh, that's smart. So that's a plus eight. So that's a 14. Nice. So you start wandering around, and the town's quite small, and you know your way around, Clark. It doesn't take you very long before you find these tracks in the sand that lead you to an overturned boat, and you see Spit Whistle is underneath there, and it's like a boat built for four people, so it's not very big. And they do this crab walk from underneath this boat and come on out looking at you and they begin pacing. Yes, 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 new man, new man, new, new man is coming to town. And the fancy shine. Don't think we don't know your plans, new man, new man. Clark, Clark, hi, how are you? Doing wonderful ever since I found the Shining God, how are you? Shining, blessed, always hurting, old spit whistle. I'm doing well, I'm doing good, um, clouds are watching over me. <laughs> the old spit whistle's not going nowhere. That's right, not even if you crack it open. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Sunshine runs up to Spin Whistle and tries to like, like frantically tries to grasp for them and says, Spit Whistle, what do you see? I also have visions. What do you see? <laughs> and Sunshine's eyes are just like wide open and Sunshine has not stopped smiling the entire time. Spit Whistle reacts immediately to this. Their head snaps down at you. You hear like an audible pop from their neck and they crouch down and they grab either side of your head, rear back and headbutt you. And just for a second, everything flashes. You see a beautiful red glittering doorway and through this doorway, you see an endless row after row of books. You see these creatures, eight legs, clicking along as they go up and down these rows, taking out books that are long, willowy heads looking over at you, and it flashes back. You take two points of damage, and Spit Whistle looks you in the eye. I see what you are seeking. Sunshine starts to cry, <laughs> but just like, like, like a, like a, like a, a single solitary tear and <laughs> eyes wide and just smiling ear to ear. Thank you. They nod at you. They pat your head and they pick some sand up. And what's your AC, Clark? It's an 18. <laughs> so you put your hand up because you know, you know, this is what Spit Whistle does <laughs> as they hurl sand at you and go, <laughs> and they just run off. I like them. So what they what they what they tell you? <laughs> but it looked like it went really well, guys. Oh, if you could see. I, I Clark leans down and he's like, "Headbutt me! Give me! Give me! The, I want the sight." Um, I headbutt Clark. All right, Clark. So you lean down. You get yourself ready. And sunshine. What'd you get? I rolled a one to hit. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sunshine, you go to headbutt Clark, but you kind of hopped up a bit thinking, okay, I need more height. And you smash the front of your face on the top of Clark's head. And this blood is just coming down and you take two points of damage. This blood is not stopping as you just fall on your ass. Um, I get really excited and I pick up Bardo and I headbutt him for the Lord. Rolls ahead. Yeah, hold on. I got a 14 plus 4 because my strength is 18. So I got a. That'll do. 18. <laughs> uh, what's your strength modifier? Uh, plus 4. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Bardo, you turn around just in time to see Cyrus grab onto your shoulders and slam his head into your skull, and you take five points to damage as your head is just reeling. And, I, and then I scream out, who wants, who wants to headbutt for the Lord? <laughs> no one! No one wants that! Why are... That's not a, any part of our thing! And then I look over at Clark, I'm like... I think I just broke my nose. I look over at Clark, I'm like, is this our thing or not? It's, wait, th- you're doing it wrong, Cyrus. I'm sorry, I, you, uh, it, it, we were trying to get a vision uh, from, from the elf person. I'm spit whistle, not, not, we can't, like, I, I sigh and I cast healing word on Bardo. 
So, Bardo, you feel your face start to crack back, your nose cricks back into place, uh, and no more pain. You feel whole once more. Oh, thank you. Thank thank you. Thanks, Clark. Ah. You're welcome. Praise be to the shining god. Oh, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're all standing by this overturned boat, and uh, Bardo and Cyrus look fine, but there is a lot of blood still coming out of Sunshine's face. Yeah, I'm I'm bleeding profusely. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to like lick the blood off of my lip though. Yeah, I thought Sunshine wouldn't mind or would actually enjoy being, but so I was just like, you can. Yeah, it's real irony. I want to feel. <laughs> <laughs> You see the odd person is looking out their window, because you're all not quiet. And they do that thing where they slowly close the blinds, but they're still looking. I see him do it, and I say, praise be! And I wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as soon as Clark says that, I start pouring my sword to anyone that's not praising. <laughs> so, you're pointing at windows, yeah. and you see people are just blowing out their candles, and just, not home. We are not a subtle crew. I think we might have gotten some more converts, and we weren't even trying. Yeah, I feel pretty good about uh, about the mission we've uh, we've been on here so far. We've done a fantastic job. So we need to go get some milk, right? If the stores are still open. Do they do? Do they not have mammals? Other mammals here? Well, there's something happened to the cows. Are there goats around? Well, I mean, right? Like milk is like kind of a generic term like i know a lot of languages i'll just throw I've, as might not be if you could milk me i would let you do it for the shining god <laughs> um that makes clark so uncomfortable i'm like well i guess technically if a mother was breastfeeding their child we could i mean that would work that's not i uh, i don't think any of us are did not expect that route yeah. <laughs> i mean if we don't have any other yeah, I mean, you said any milk but soy. Yeah. <laughs> and we care about the Shining God. I don't know if you knew that about us. This is true. No, but it does It does seem like that that might be the kind of thing that might, might annoy or irritate the Shining God. That's the kind of thing a different trickster god might do. And that, mm, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be the kind of guy that's known for stuff like that. Let's see if we can figure out how to fix this and... Get some more people on the side of the Shining God. She said that uh, at the, um, what was it, the bakery or the... The general store has a bakery in it. Yeah, the general store might have some, some non-soy milk for baking. Let's go. And we don't know how much... Okay, we just okay we just need a cup. Yeah. Yeah, let's go, let's go to the general store before they close and see if we can get a cup of their baking milk. So you all head back, you go to the town square, you see there's a few people that are setting up lanterns outside to just illuminate the area, and you head on over, you see the corner store with this sign swinging above it that says, Preston's Corner. So you slip on in there, and you hear the little jingle of the bells as you look and you see rows upon rows of aisles of just general goods, just really basic stuff that you'd probably find in a, a smaller town like this. Like, you find things like rope and cloth and uh, maybe some rations and stuff like that. Maybe some weird medicines. 
And you also are greeted by this smell of bread as you look over at the counter and you see there is this half-elf man. He has a little bit of stubble, he has a head full of curls, and he is just covering up this area that looks like it would probably be the display area for where they're putting out bread. And he looks up and says, Whoa, Clark Newman! How's it going? Uh, who is it? You know, this is Preston. He uh, owns this general store. He's been running it for probably about 15 years. He's taken over from someone else who just retired. So he's been here for a while. Hello, Preston. Uh, the Your your bakery looks lovely, as usual. Uh, I'm here with my friends. We are all followers of the Church of the Shining God. Praise be upon him. Praise be. Praise be. Praise be. Shining God. Yes. Is that uh, a new thing? No, the Shining God is eternal and beyond time. Yes. Well, that's impressive. Oh, uh, yeah, and I I do the thing. I don't I understand I'm inside. I try not to be too loud. I do the do the thaumaturgy thing where I make my eyes glow. I'm like, "Yes, praise him." Whoa, Clark, your eyes, there's uh, something wrong with them. <laughs> oh no, I I turn it off. I'm like, that's just for effect. I'm a cleric. I that's just the shine coming through Clark, because he is a uh, he is you know a, a vessel for the shining god. So please, don't be alarmed about how shining Clark can get. Like, does it ever get too bright though? Oh, nothing can ever be too bright. Yay! Well, that's nice, and you don't need any uh, sunglasses or anything then. That's pretty handy. So what can I do for you all? Um, we're visiting, and I just kind of wanted to be to like find out what's uh, happened to this town. Like, I heard something happen to the cows, and there's, like, soy milk, Ugh. and Ugh. I'm allergic to soy milk, and I think it's disgusting, and I, you know, uh, I was wondering if there was any fresh milk, and also, what the heck is going on? Yeah, things just haven't really been the same since the accident, and, well, um, you know Tom, Tom and Sandra, like, uh, lived down by Susan? Mm-hmm, <laughs> Tom. Yeah, uh, well, their kids are over here at the town square. You know, they're hanging out, just, just killing time. And these two gnomes come in, preaching and prattling about something. I can't remember what, but they summon this winged monster. I can't even really remember what the damn thing looked like. I was so scared out of my mind, and it killed his kids <gasps> right then and there. Thank God for Olivia and those two guards from Waterdeep. They took it out, but, oh my God, it is absolute travesty and now you know Tom's just beside himself and everyone in town is scared that sounds awful I'm so sorry it's been a tough time I have a question yeah was Olivia's ex glowing then uh yeah ugh Jesus put that <laughs> shit out <laughs> well I think it's like magic though right so I'm just saying if you're gonna have something shining you kinda need to it's, it's our thing so, oh. you don't have anything shining here, do you? No, not really. I uh, I bake bread and I sell everyday goods and even some used goods. What well, can I interest you in a shiny life? Uh, does it pay well? I, I like I look to Clark. <laughs> it, it, it it you know, <laughs> the the wealth of the spirit is eternal, and that's what's important in life. And um, yeah, eternal spirit wealth. That's what you get. <laughs> um. Well, I am scared about dying now, now that two people died ten feet from my door. Oh, you should always be scared about dying. Can you describe 
Just in a little bit more detail, can you tell me what happened to the children? What did the creature look like? Uh, it was... Excruciating detail, if you please. Yeah, did the kids, like, did they, did they, like, die instantly? Or, like, you know, kind of like... Well, also, did the creature have a sword that is larger than average? Did the children deserve it? Um, it had, like, sharp claws, wings, rubbery blackish skin, uh, no face at all, horns. Um, it stabbed its tail through one of them and it dropped the other one. And no, and, and of course, no, 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 they did not deserve it. No, that's, no. Oh, that's awful. I lean over to Sunshine and say, it sounds like they deserved it. It sounds a little bit like they deserved it. I, I try to start talking over you. I'm like, yes, but yeah, through through the Church of the Shining God, you you know, life is eternal and you can do uh, stuff like this. And I kind of throw my arms out and I use thaumaturgy to make all the candles flicker Whoa. and make some like loud noises. And I make the noise, uh, if I can do this with thaumaturgy, of like harps playing or some kind of, you know, beautiful, majestic sound. Not that like, it's a show of power, but not necessarily threatening. Uh, make a performance check. Fourteen. So this whole room suddenly goes quiet as uh, wind just picks up. Clark's clothes begin to rustle a little bit. Their eyes light up once more. The candles all just flick on in this area. You can hear the distant sounds of these instruments echoing through here. Clark almost has this radiant glow to them as their hair is moving around and... Preston is impressed. Impressed. And he says, Wow, Clark, you could do that kind of stuff? That is amazing. I remember when you used to, like, trick merchants out of money and stuff. Like, that's about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we all <laughs> find salvation in the Church of the Shining God. And, and we find, you know, I, my the, the indiscretions of my youth are behind me. And yes, this is completely legitimate. This is uh, this is what he has bestowed upon me. That's the thing about the Church of the Shining God, is whenever you're going through the the initiation, they tell you they won't ask any questions as long as you serve, and then they do a little wink, and that was that's where I signed. <laughs> that as oh. well. <laughs> yeah, well, this is decent. Like, leave the past behind, start anew, right? Like that kind of thing. Well, and there's not really any promise to not commit future indiscretions either. You just leave the ones in the past behind you. As long as as long as something's done in the name of the Shining God, it's not, you know, you can't break the law of man over the law of Shining God. So, you know, as long as it's in his name, we're all good. It's freeing. Very freeing. Can you heal stuff too? Yes. Well, I can heal people. Cause, Cause, I got something. Like, y- you know the ath, you know athlete's foot. Yes. Well, I got what you'd probably call athlete's leg. Uh, just give me a second. He comes around the corner and lifts his pant leg. So, like, you, you do a lot of squats. Uh, sometimes, yeah. But like, uh, well, I was really busy for a few days. I wasn't really bathing, but you know, like. Uh, here, let me just show you. And he lifts up his leg, uh, pant leg, and you see this rash going from his foot all the way up his leg. Okay. Yeah, the priest of uh, Talos doesn't even want to look at it. Yeah, no, I can see why. 
Do you want me to cut it off? That's no. okay. We've all been there, buddy. I have not been there. Yeah, this rash is aggressive and it spreads. You've been re rejected by the priests of your religion? Well, like, I may have thrown some eggs at the church a couple days ago. Like, so, it was just a little while back. A bunch of our sailors went out. They, they didn't come back from the ocean. They didn't come back from sailing just like uh, four of them did. They're super weird now. But, like, what the hell's the point of praying to this Talos god if our people are going to go into the ocean and they're just not going to come back? They're going to die out there, you know? So I got a little drunk and I threw a bunch of eggs there, and now we won't look at this. That's awful. Well, I just want to point out, I've, I was in the Great War, and I saw a lot of legs like that, and I, and I chopped them off. <laughs> no. Well, let's see if there's something a little less drastic we can do to help our friend where our, um, the clearly kind of a jerk with the drownings Talos has been unable to aid him yeah I'd really appreciate uh, not being 30% covered in a rash as would I uh, I'm gonna try casting healing word again and seeing if it works and I, I'm just gonna get my sword ready just in case I, I look at you with like a put stop <laughs> okay I, I put the sword away <laughs> I give you a this isn't helping look Roll a medicine check with advantage since you're using magic. Bardo takes out his bagpipes and plays a small, soft tune in the back in the front and hoping to give some bardic inspiration. Oh. Okay, how does that work? Uh, you get a d6 you get to stack in the next 10 minutes, but I'm assuming you may need it here. Uh, well, can I roll first and see? You can. That's a 17. Oh, damn. Yeah, you definitely heal this up. Excellent. So I guess I won't use the D6 with it. <laughs> so you reach down, even though you don't really want to, but uh, you hold out your hands and this white shining light comes out and you watch as this light covers his leg. This rash completely disappears. And he looks down at his leg. Oh, oh, that's been so itchy. Thank you so much, Clark. So shining God, huh? Yes, thank him. Praise be upon the shining God for giving me these gifts that I could bestow upon you. Praise. Praise be. Thank you, shining God. You got like a pamphlet or something? The book is under, is, it's still in the process. They're fine-tuning it a lot. Clark has told me, though, that the, the book, you know, only certain people can read the book and you got to get to a certain level. But the book, as I've been assured and very much believe, is there. We have a pamphlet, though. I was going to say, we do have pamphlets. <laughs> I, I hand him, I, I want to hand him like a, a, a dirty piece of paper with the logo of the Shining God like scribbled on it. Aw. Wow, thanks. Uh, what would you say your name was? Sunshine. Oh, thanks, Sunshine. You're welcome, Preston. Yeah, and then I hand him a dagger and I say, here's your starting sword. The larger this gets, the more the closer you are to the Shining God. Oh, wow. Is this kind of like a military god? The sword grows with you because throughout time, this sword has grown as I sleep. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, no, I'll hold on to this for sure. No problem. Could I do something for you? I mean, you helped me out so much here. <laughs> I mean, I think didn't we? I mean, I, I would I would just love to know where those two gnomes are. Or perhaps if we could just borrow a cup of milk. Or all of those things. Yeah, I can get you a cup of milk for sure. Either or. 
Clark has a terrible soy allergy. <laughs> yes. Out of out of character, it says fresh milk. Do we want to cash this in later? I realized that the requirement was fresh milk. Do we want to come back when we have more information? <laughs> I mean, we can go try to heal those cows and milk them ourselves. I are well. We can also find another sizable mammal that everyone was like, "Don't be weird, Paul." But it's a fun idea to go throw my one bad skill, animal handling, at the problem. <laughs> if you know where those gnomes are, or perhaps know any any breastfeeding women, um, and either will work. <laughs> uh, well, I do know where the gnomes are. They're just next door at the sheriff's uh, station. They're locked up in a cell. Why are you looking for them? Uh, to punish them. <laughs> we want to talk to them about their terrible experience and see if we can help them with the, the glory of the shining god. Oh, that makes sense. Prisoners are often, you know, good converts. Like like myself, they want to turn their life around. And I also want to know about uh, some kind of horrible beast with some sort of cult in this town that I love. We need to figure out what's going on, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm sure if you just go over next door and talk to Olivia. I mean, it's kind of late now, but like, you know, maybe tomorrow I could talk to her. Okay, well, is there somewhere we can probably crash? Yeah, you just hop on over to Marvin's Marvelous Meals. Uh, he should have a few beds for you. Oh, thank you. How are his beds, though? Uh, I never <laughs> stayed, but, you know. <laughs> so they're not marvelous. Mediocre. Well, they might be. <laughs> Marvin's Marvelous Meals and mediocre beds. <laughs> <laughs> You'd really have to ask him. I'm afraid the beds might be bad. Let's go get some. Uh, let's go no. get some shut eye, and we can try to talk to the gnomes in the morning, and then also try to find something to milk. And, and if you have any questions about the shining god, or someone, if if you, I start talking over them, if you have any questions about the shining god, <laughs> we are here to answer them. Uh, you know, it's a, a god of love and light and prosperity. Mm-hmm. And we also are definitely looking for somebody to milk. So keep that in mind. Yes. I'll uh, I'll let you know. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I take I take the dagger from him and I use my great sword and I carve in um, some udders and then question mark and then hand him back the dagger. <laughs> um, this is this is a really difficult thing to do. Could you make me like a like a dexterity <laughs> yeah. check? Because you're using a, a sword that's as big as a person, and you want to carve a knife with it. Oh, hell yeah. I got a 17. It's impressive. No one is sure how it worked, but it did. The scroll work is majestic. Wow. Do, do you do this often? Only whenever I need to write something on a dagger with a larger sword. So, yes. It happens a lot for us. It's a weird... It's just... Don't ask. It happened twice yesterday. Wow. You know, that is something else. You got to pass the word around about the shining God, and I can't do it on paper because that's ridiculous because that's what a book is made of, <laughs> and we don't have those yet. And what's weird is he's not the most literate. I'm semi-literate at best. Yeah, how many of us are literate? <laughs> the confidence is what matters. <laughs> well... Thanks for this eye-opening experience. <laughs> and honestly, this really impressive carving. I cast Thaumaturgy to make my eyes glow, and I wink at him. And I smile. Whoa. And then I start walking out. Man, Clark, you are freaky sometimes. All right, thank you. 
So you all head out, and it's a lot later now, and as you're walking back over to Marvin's, you see just near the side of the inn, something beautiful. Something you could only describe as majestic. (laughs) As you see Marvin from Marvin's Marvelous Meals dancing under this moonlight like a beautiful swan, diving and dipping and spinning. Is there any music? Is he still wearing the apron? There is no music, and he is not wearing the apron. He's actually wearing a onesie. It's a soft powder blue with some white clouds on it. I really like the cut of this guy's jib. We should start doing things like this. I love it. Ardo, do you want to play him some music? I believe I do. His vibes are exquisite. Uh, what instrument are you going to play, Bardo? Bardo is going to tactfully take out the violin. Okay, roll me a performance. Oh, that is a real shame because it would have been fun to have this ma- have this high ha- of an outcome for the intentionally with the bagpipes. <laughs> so yeah, actually, we get to twenty four there. <gasps> wow. Um, but so Bardo in fact changes out the violin, realizing midway like, no, no, the bagpipes are the way to go. People really like the loud drone. So while Bardo tagfully plays bagpipes at about 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> like, not super loud, but you can't really play them that quiet. So, yeah, it's like a, a low sound. And Bardo, you begin losing yourself in this music as this dwarf is dancing and spinning and jumping, clearing three to four feet at a time, an unbelievable amount. And he comes up closer to all of you and he's dodging left and right and this dance begins telling a story before your very eyes you see this story of a young dwarf he dreamed of dancing in the city the beautiful city when oh no something happened someone died his grandfather he rushes back he's now the owner of the inn he is being reborn as Marvin Marvin of Marvin's Marvelous Meals and He is reborn as this beautiful dwarf as he finds the love in serving other people and serving marvelous meals to everyone he can. And he finishes this dance with this quadruple spin, his beard flapping in the wind as he comes to a graceful end and bows to all of you, standing there sweating. Thank you for sharing this moment with me. Yeah, I kneel and I'm weeping. Yeah. Clark is crying. Yeah, just like sobbing. This is the second time I've wept today. Well, I don't moon dance with everyone, but when that beautiful music was playing, I just felt it in my soul to come over here. I'm honored. Thank you for sharing with us. Why don't you all come over to my marvelous inn? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We would be honored, Carl. <laughs> oh, I'll get you some. <laughs> I mean, it works. It works. I'll yeah. get you some beds that are <laughs> much that are much more majestic than mediocre. I like I like those advertisement for it too. It's also the only end, so yeah. <laughs> and so oh it's like it can work out as advertisement, or well, if you don't like my dance, you can't sit my fucking end. So what do you think about it now? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a, Try one more time. Yeah. What do you think about my performance? <laughs> it's, a, it's a win-win. 
You want to sleep in a bed tonight or on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's stuff like that that makes the real world make rules about how ends are run. <laughs> this is true. So Marvin goes and opens up. There's two doors here. He just opens them both up into his inn with just such power and confidence as you enter this majestic living space uh you walk into this inn you see there's the the fire off to the back there's a stew bubbling over it there's a few tables dotted around here and the bar as he marches towards it and he looks back at all of you you look all pretty hungry do you want something to eat yes please uh, also, to drink, we only have soy milk and water. Oh, I, I'm, I'm really allergic. I, like, take a step back. I'm very allergic to soy milk. Which, obviously, it's a, it's a total lie. I want to make that clear. Clark is not allergic to anything. Well, <laughs> we got some water. <laughs> Do you want to make a deception? No, I, I mean, I don't know if I need to. I'm just saying, like, out of character, okay. I'm not actually allergic to it. The same way that I know that the dwarves... Is it a deception if you don't want soy milk? Uh, I could just also just say... Uh, I mean, I could just give you water. Thank you. The, the cups are cleaned well in between the, the, them having milk in them, right? Oh, yeah. I do a meticulous job here. Okay, thank you. I guess I'll take some water, and I would also... Actually, I would like a glass of water and a glass of soy milk, but I want you to pour out the soy milk. Uh, like outside? In front of me. Uh, is it okay if I put a bucket down so I don't make a mess? Are you going to then pour that bucket out so you can't reuse that soy milk? Well, I mean, once it goes in the bucket, I can't really use it. Mm, uh, this is this is acceptable. But I do look at Clark to make sure that this is okay. I look at him, I'm like, it's a sin in the eyes of the, the Shining God to waste the time of kind people. And that's one of the main points of the book. Like, what are you? what is the point of this? I forgot. I forgot about the book. Yes, never mind. I will only <laughs> take the water. All right, I'll be right back. Oh, do you want some stew? Uh, I'll have a stew and a soy milk and a water, please. All right. Ugh, soy milk. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to try it. Just stew. Yeah, I, I want some stew as well. And also, uh, could you get a coffin ready for my friend when he dies in the morning from drinking this uh, this poison? Yeah, that's no problem. I'd like a stew and a water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, some stew, water, and coffins. Okay. So he gracefully heads off to the kitchen with a spin, and in no time at all, he is back with your stew. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bring up to the table um, while while he's away and not in earshot of just being like, listen, I think he's kind of burdened by this inn, and if we burned it down and made it extra shiny, he could then dance for the Lord. <gasps> that's, that's a fantastic idea. I can't believe I didn't think of it myself, Clark. Like, we all just saw it. It was so beautiful. And just imagine if he was dancing for our shiny lord. Like, just put some tinfoil on him and maybe hit some reflector, like reflections. Like, oof. <laughs> like, that's a shiny dance right there. And so, I'm, you know, obviously we're going to stay here tonight. But if we wanted to, we could yes. burn this place down tomorrow to free him from his burden and then convert him. Clark, this is within the tenants, correct? We could convert him. And then perhaps either sell the inn or advertise within the inn, you know, make it an outreach center. Like we don't like. But Clark, you did tell me you did tell me a few weeks ago that burning people's houses down for the Lord is a thing, and that's why we did it to that guy that you said you knew from high school, right? But this, what would be for the Lord in burning down this man's inn? 
Uh, yet surely it was a burden to him before, but if you paid attention to the end of his story, he's found joy, you know, in keeping it. That's why he never left for the city. Mm. So I think it's more profitable to convert him and sell the end. Also, if we're here for a few days, we do need a place to sleep. At least wait. All right, so convert him, get him to sell the end, and then set it on fire if someone doesn't buy it for the Lord. I, I, I get very quiet. I'm like, also, we could get fire insurance on it. <laughs> and then set it on fire for the Lord. That's, you know. Ah, yes. We all know the tenets of fire insurance and how much the Lord loves it. That's very true. I can't believe I forgot that oh. Always. You always. You always have the good ideas. Get the fire insurance, then burn it down. Thank you, Clark. You're truly the voice of, voice of the Lord. I do the thing again where I light up my eyes and I wink. <laughs> Marvin comes out like, whoa, those are some eyes. All right, here's stews, water, and soy milk. And if your friend dies, I'll get the cleric to bury him in the morning. <laughs> do, does it, do people die from this a lot? No, no, only once. Only once? Oh, that's a pretty good rate. Go on. Well, I didn't really know they're allergic to soy products. It's not really my fault. Oh. Okay, that seems relatively mundane then, sorry. <laughs> okay. But like more. Right. <laughs> it seemed more sinister than that, <laughs> the way you said it. I I just run an inn and I moon dance. I'm I'm no villain here. <laughs> um I'm I'm like digging into the, the stew. Uh, how oh. is it? Well it's marvelous. Mm. That's, that's the only way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 enjoying the stew and I'm uh, I'm just I'm just also admiring um Marvin's legs and how stout they are and like how they can carry him so gracefully yet hold him so like so stable. Yeah, whenever this dwarf moves, it is just a beauty to behold. And most dwarves in these stories are often uh, stoic and you know all about honor and battle, but not in my stories. I uh, I make my dwarves pretty soft and expressive. They moon dance. He moves like a marlin through the sea. <laughs> I want to cast um, Detect Magic. That's a 30-foot radius around me. You get no magic from in here. And not from Marvin either, right? Nope. Talking. That's all just skill. That's beautiful. I, I start crying again. <laughs> I thought it was some sort of spell or illusion, but it was not. <laughs> it's just a beautiful dance by a talented dwarf. Oh, my God. So do you all need rooms? Uh, yes, please. Got two rooms that each have two beds. Is that okay? Uh, yes. That sounds perfect. I mean, that that is counting. Bardo starts counting the four of them. <laughs> I look at Clark and I ask um, if I've if I've earned bed privileges yet for from the Shining God, or do you still need your own private room? <laughs> I would prefer some space to, you know, converse with the god in the night. That's very, uh, that's you know, fine. if you're a higher level, maybe you would that's understand. Fair. And if yeah. you, you know, I told you before, you need to stop asking about it. When it happens, it happens. That's fair. That's fair. That's on me for asking. I shouldn't have asked. If because if you if I'm going to get the bed, you're going to give me the bed. So I just look at Marvin and go, yeah, I'm going to sleep outside for the Lord. And I give a thumbs up. Uh, do you want some, like, blankets and a pillow? Do I, I look at Clark. I shake my head. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. If you hadn't asked. Uh, interesting relationship, but you know what? That's okay. Yeah, so I I eat my stew and I go and I just go find some mud. <laughs> and so the three of you, I imagine you all just retired to your rooms, or is there anything else you wanted to do for the night? 
I tell Cyrus to keep an eye out for anything weird. That's part of the reason I sent him outside, because he's got the big sword. <laughs> he can guard us. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep watch for the Lord. I want to find, um, I, I, I actually, I likely have this already, just some charcoal, and I want to try, like, all, all through the night, I don't really sleep very well, I like, a kind of a, a frantic sleep, but I, I just want to do, like, just scrawlings of the vision that I saw um, earlier today. Sure. Um, that'll, like, spill across the pages and likely onto the walls. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, and then as I nod off, because uh, I am trying to keep watch, but every time like I like I jump back awake, I'm just like I'm talking about the shining god and and asking people if they're gonna praise him and you know talking about swords a little bit as as I slowly doze <laughs> off. Yeah, this dog comes by, and you got that thing where you're like starting to pass out and nod, but you don't really notice, and you're just talking, and uh, this dog just comes down, sits by you, and cuddles on up. Oh, that's the best night of sleep Cyrus has had. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bardo? Uh, Bardo, spending not having to get the whole sleep cycle there, spends the afternoon, the or rather the evening, ironing his shirts, cleaning his laundry, taking a long bath, and thinking about stabbing his enemies. <laughs> That's beautiful. Okay, so Clark, you have your own private room that you are relaxing in, and it's a, it's a nice, you know, chill time, and over in the other room, it's a lot more crazy, because someone's mm -hmm. ironing clothes and thinking about murdering people, and the other person is drawing all over the walls with charcoal, because they ran out of paper. <laughs> and just, like, passing out in between, and then waking up and immediately getting back to, to, to scrawling on the walls. <laughs> Everyone take off their headphones, aside from Paul. Okay. Ooh. Bardo. Yes. So you are falling into your short sleep, and often when elves and half-elves go into this state of rest, it's like they're sort of parsing through their memories, reflecting on everything that's happened. And while you're doing this, and you're going through your memories, just cycling through them, you suddenly remember something, something important. How could you have forgotten? There's someone here. You remember seeing something. There's two people talking. One of them was talking about how they had to sabotage this whole situation. They had to make sure this ritual didn't happen. And that they are important and that they trust them because they're going on this mission and they know that they can make this mission fail. And you wake up in the middle of the night, looking around, suddenly realizing there's a traitor in the midst. But you're not sure who it is. Clark, so you lie down on your personal bed in your room and you just thought, wow, I got a dance, some great food, and then you lay down on this bed and it's fantastic. Was the bed's marvelous? Truly. And as you fall into sleep, you start to have a dream. It's familiar. It reminds you of the time when you were first inaugurated into the Church of the Shining God. You remember you were given a vision of a shining being, and it was very quick, but for a moment you saw them, and when it flashed back out, this holy symbol was around your neck. And this time you're once more in this complete white room. This being is floating before you. They are beautiful. They inspire awe majesty and fear and you love them 
and you are afraid of them. And they lean down towards you and say, Clark, I know you can do this. Do not fail me. Ensure the succeeds. And they lean down and put hands on either side of your head and they kiss you on your forehead and you feel it burn. And when you wake up, you're there in the room. I reach up to touch it. Yeah, you feel it. You feel like the skin on your for, uh, on the skin on your forehead is burned. Oh, uh, can I roll investigation to see if anything is different in the room? Yeah. Oh, that's a twenty-four. So you're looking around the room, and not a whole lot is different. You see that one of your pillows is on the floor. It looks like you're really tossing and turning. Your blankets are kicked down to the bottom of the bed. You're really warm in here, even though the window's open, and it's in the middle of August. And yes, I don't use any fancy fantasy calendars, because I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it is stifling in here, and the cool breeze is coming on in. I look for a mirror real fast. I don't think I have one, but if there's one in the room, or the hallway, I want to see what happened to my... So there's a little dirty mirror, and you quickly run over to it, you rub it a few times, and with the moonlight coming in, you can see there is a little burn shape on your forehead of a kiss. Oh, um, okay. I I am, like, so stunned and just filled with the light, because Clark does believe, you know, in in the cult. That's that's not fake, but it's also, like, there's a tiny element of, like, okay, now I have to explain this to people and pretend this is normal and not weird as I go around and talk to different people. Uh, that's going to be a problem. But d- do I get a uh, long rest? Or did it kind of wake me up? And No, you're okay. You can go back to bed. That's no problem at all. Sunshine. While you are furiously scrawling all over the walls, slowly sleep takes over. You find yourself just slinking down to the floor, still holding on to this charcoal, wanting to draw more. Then you find yourself slipping away. You can once more see that room, that library, those massive rows of books, the power emanating from there. And you see those beings, those strange multi-legged beings. You hear whispers in your head. Find us. Find the book. Complete the ritual. And you wake up. And you look, and there's a piece of paper in your hand, even though you're out of paper, and it has on it, it says, ingredients for the portal. And it just says, a sacrifice. And then you pass out again, because you're pretty tired from drawing. (laughs) Cyrus, you are sleeping outside. You're actually feeling warm for once. And while you're cuddling with this dog, you are dreaming of crowds, crowds cheering (laughs) your name as you swing this blade. Lyrics from an unknown musical source are screaming to wake you up inside. You are on top of the world when suddenly a rumbling erupts. You snap awake. Windows are shattering. People start screaming. You see that doors are flying open with people stumbling out. This greenish glow starts emanating from the well as this loud moan just vibrates through the ground. You see this light just illuminate this whole area as you try to get your footing, and the three of you also wake up from all of this. Oh, so this isn't a dream. This is just actually happening. 
Yeah, the dog just <laughs> bolts from this. All right, well, you know, I, I in my head, I thank the dog for being my only friend, and then out loud, I scream, well, that's what you get for not worshiping the signing god as soon as I wake up and uh, feel any kind of terror. Um, and then I just immediately make my way over to the uh, well. The green glow fades very quickly as you rush over to the well, and you see the waters inside are frothing as if something's in there. Um, I scream up to the inn. And, and start screaming for Clark and asking um, if what, what to do. <laughs> it takes me a minute. You wake up Bardo, who sw- swings open his window and yells, Shut, Shut up! In Draconic, and then sh- slow- slams back. <laughs> <laughs> I start banging on your door. We gotta go. We gotta go see what's going on. And I'm putting my clothes on. Okay, I'm gonna go. And I run down. So the well is where I was told that the thing came out of, right? Yep. Um, and, but it was shining? Um, no. Okay, so it's not shining. Oh, yeah, the well itself uh, glowed for a couple seconds, but uh, the creature yeah, yeah. that came out of the well was not shining, no. That's what I was asking. Okay, well, since um, they told me to shut up and no one's there, um, and it was shining, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in that well. All right, roll <laughs> me an athletics check. Might get our sacrifice early. Yeah, I didn't even have to try. I got an 18 plus 6, so 24. <laughs> you dive straight into these waters, and it's impressive. Your sword doesn't even cling on the side of this well. You just go right in. And naturally, being a dragonborn, you do not have dark vision. I'm coming to help you. I'm just slow. So as you splash into this water and go under, you can't see anything. Just like faint glows here and there. But suddenly, you hear the most beautiful singing, and it just instantly relaxes you. You feel at peace as you feel things are swimming around you. A hand lightly touches the side of your arm. Another two hands lightly touch the sides of your face. You feel something come up on your back, and the singing just makes you feel so at peace and relaxed at home. Oh yeah, I 100%, I 100% give in, I just roll my back and lay, and then just start floating in the water, and I let all them hands run, the, run, their, run, run, run their fingers all over me, and I'm just into it. <laughs> the hands now submerge you under the water, and they're holding you and singing, you, singing to you, and it just feels really nice, and just make me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. I got a 15. Suddenly it clicks in your head like, oh wait, I'm a dragonborn, can't breathe underwater. Uh, yeah, so I, I I try to like break my way th- break my way out and uh, and I and I guess I realize now I'm at the bottom of a well. Roll me in athletics or in acrobatics. That is an eleven on athletics. All right, so you get drug a little bit deeper underwater and you can't break that surface. And we go over to Team B, Clark. So, Clark, you rush out of there, and you're heading downstairs. You go there. You know you, you've you heard Cyrus yell out, and you also heard someone else yell out in a strange, draconic voice. And you're looking around. You don't see him anywhere. As you rush over to the well, you see the water looks like it's just beginning to settle. Oh, God. So, I know that... The well has something to do with the... Or or I can assume the well has something to do with the ritual we're trying to perform. It might, yeah. Well, I mean, if if they were out here uh, chanting around it and and the two kids died. So what I want to do 
is I want to try to, in my own way, speak to the Shining God. I want to cast Augury and say, uh, ask, the, ask the Shining God in his infinite wisdom, should I interfere with this? Should I try to save my friend? Or should I just let whatever's happening happen? Is this the will of the Shining God? Um, so are you, are you familiar with Augury? Yeah, I think it's either good, bad, or good and bad. It's, uh, yeah, wheel woe, wheel and woe are nothing. This comes up as all woe. So, so I should try to save him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you had to ask God? Hey, God. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, if it's God's will that uh, Cyrus dies... <laughs> then I'm not gonna upset. I just wisdom. had a dream where I got a kiss burned into my forehead. No, fair enough. Like I'm not fucking around with this. <laughs> and you and and you know that too. Like if it was God's will, that's what Silas would want. So that is true. That's <laughs> I've, like, you know he's been brainwashed enough. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? Can I? I'm going to cast light on like a rock or something. I pick up and throw it down the well so I can see what's going on. Uh, sure, make me a perception check. Uh, 14. So you take this light and toss it down the well. It sails on down and plunks into the water. And as the light goes down, you see as Cyrus is illuminated and there are four women <gasps> swimming around him and dragging him deeper into the water. I yell, hey! See if they pay any attention to me. They don't. Do I get a, do I, am I able to like make out what their faces look like since I'm down there now? Yeah, since this light passed by, you look at these women, and their mouths are too wide. They're almost like bestial. Their eyes are completely black. Their hair is all scraggly and floating in the water. Their skin is sunken and wrinkled, and they are all just swimming around you. Their hands end in sharp claws. Their teeth are jagged as they're laughing around you. Mm. And then it goes to sunshine. So, Sunshine, you are tired, and you are running out there. Uh, you see Clark is out there yelling at a well. That looks like it's going well. Good morning, Clark. Praise be the shining god. Cyrus is in the well, and there are these strange creatures grabbing him. <laughs> what do they look like? We, we, we need... I, I, I consulted with the Shining God, and we definitely have to save him. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and just for a little flavor text, um, whenever you say praise be the Shining God, you do hear some bubbles coming up from the well. Yeah, so you lose a bit of air as these bubbles come on up. Perfect. Oh, and so while you're all yelling back and forth, uh, more and more people are coming out of their houses. They're starting to come into this town square, see what's going on. And you see a few doors are opening, some people are coming out, and you see the door to the church opens up. There's a blue-skinned elf holding on to a black book. And on it, it says, The texts of rituals and things that shouldn't be uttered and other such nonsense. Who's holding this? A blue elf. He's just standing outside the church doors, and he looks over and says, What is going on here? What is it? Clark? My, my, some creature in the, the well has my friend. Hello. Who's we this? don't have the time! Oh, I, I'll, yeah, I'll let you guys do. I've got a spell I want to cast, but. It... I have one I want to cast, too, <laughs> for plot to happen. So this priest, you know, is Telthaeus. He is the head priest of the Church of Telos here, really, he's the only priest. And uh, he's been in here for quite some time. He's a sea elf. 
So he rushes on over to the well, and let's just hop into initiative as we are now running on time for the Dragonborn Underwater. Ooh, I got a three. I got a nine. Oh, that's a one. That is an 18 for me. We start off with Bardo. So Bardo, you see this elf came out. He's yelling. Uh, there's some thrashing that's going down in the well. Uh, what do you want to do? Well, there's clearly three weird ladies grabbing hold of my friend who seems to have fallen in the well. That feels bad and like it would look bad on a tourism uh, thing for here. I should probably save him and keep quiet <laughs> about it. You should probably help me. People in the well. Well, look. He looks on down. Oh my god. We have to get in there. We have to save your friend. I give a thumbs up. They're going to eat him. Yeah, no, I. we just all said that. <laughs> So what would you like to do? Uh, Bardo pulls out a hand crossbow and tries to shoot at one of the... Uh, I'm going to assume that they look pretty from up here. Yeah. Just based on what it seems like they are. Yeah. That is an 18. That's a hit. And that is 7. So your crossbow boat sails and nails right into one of them. And you can all hear, like, this warbly shriek as it is, like, going through this water and up the well. But, Cyrus, while you're underwater, this shriek is deafening. And now Olivia is coming out of the sheriff's station. She has her glowing axe out. She's looking around a little wild-eyed. And Telthaeus is quickly rushing up to all of you. He's fumbling in his robes. He reaches down to a potion belt, saying, Oh, my God, um, uh, here... And he quickly hands uh, the three of you these potions. He's like, um, this will let you breathe underwater. I have to go take care of your friend. And he dives into the water. And Cyrus, you see as this blue-skinned elf dives down there. And the three are, that are holding on to you are shrieking. As a fourth one is circling around him. And he doesn't really seem to notice. And it goes to Clark. Well, does drinking the potion take up my action? No, it's a bonus action. Hell yeah, I'll, I'll drink the potion. Um, and I want to cast Fairy Fire. And I would like to try to position it to where it doesn't hit everyone down there, but I might just hit everyone just so that people, so that we can see and get advantage on the creatures that are down there. That outlines them, right? If, if they fail a DC 13... Dex save. So it might hit everybody down there, and I apologize, but... <laughs> oh, nice. I got a 20, not natural. You'll be rolling with disadvantage, unfortunately. Makes sense. Oh, 14. Okay, so Cyrus, you're okay. As Clark, you are uttering this spell. You're holding on to the your holy symbol, and it just echoes out down below... Cyrus, you grab onto one of the sirens in front of you and just hold them in front of you as they suddenly get illuminated, and one of the other ones do as well, and two of them just kind of like dart a little bit further into the water and then come back up as they've managed to avoid the spell. So now everyone, ha if you're illuminated by the spell, attackers have advantage on you as well. Nice. And they uh, show shed dim light in a 10-foot radius, so now we can see some of them, and I want to hop in the well. Awesome, so make me an athletics check. Oh god. I rolled a two and my modifier is two, so that's a four. 
<laughs> okay, so you take three points of damage as you didn't really position it. You just jump into the well, but you smash your head on the side and then slap into the water. Uh, ow. And when you splash into the water, it's a bit of a shock and you just breathe in. And then you suddenly think, oh god, I'm underwater. And you panic for a bit, but then realize, wait, you can breathe just fine. And these sirens now are looking over at you and Telthaeus doesn't see the siren behind him. Uh-oh. Oh, poor, poor Telthaeus. Oh, what a shame if he dies and I can just take the book. That would be terrible. That would be awful. That would be so awful. I've criticaled on Telthaeus in this exact situation three times. buddy. He's born to lose. What are you going to do? Yeah, he's going to start having flashbacks. Like, I don't want to go into that well for <laughs> when the next group plays. So you see as this siren had swam, swam behind him and it bites right into his neck and rips it out and this blood just instantly starts filling into this water. And you see this look of shock and horror spread across his face as his grip on this potion loosens and it starts to sink down further and further into this cavern. And then, let's see, what is your constitution score, Cyrus? 16. Okay, you're alright for now. And uh, the other three, two of them are attacking Cyrus. Uh, what's your AC? 17. Okay, so two of them hit you, Cyrus, and Clark, your AC's an 18, so that's a miss. Praise be! So, Cyrus, you take 10 points of damage as these things just bite down into you. Your blood starts filling into this water as well. Hell yeah. And one of them's coming for you, Clark, and you just backhand it with your shield and it just looks a little stunned. Then it goes to Sunshine. About how deep is the well? Well... Well, well, well. Huh, well. Uh, from where you're at, looking down on your tippy toes, it looks like it's probably about 15 feet till you hit the water. Hoo-hoo-hoo. All right, then. So, Sunshine, uh, so, right, the situation, the priest, like, ran by, gave me a potion of water-drinking potion. So, Sunshine takes the potion and, like, sneers at it and throws it on the ground. <laughs> I don't trust those Talos followers and jumps into the well. Do you try to break it? I, I just throw it on the ground. Okay. I spit on it. If I could do that as a bonus action. <laughs> the spit shatters it completely. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Ting. So I throw the potion on the ground, and I spit on it, and I jump in the well. All right. Make me an athletics check. Nine. Oof. You take four points of damage as you smash your head on the well as you're going down. Um, <laughs> and as you spiral and spin and splash into the water, you can actually see down here as you have dark vision. And looking around here, you see it's actually a very colorful set of like coral reefs around this area. And there's bioluminescent moss and all sorts of stuff down here. Nice. Um, and then I'll wait. I, I'm assuming that's my action. You can still act if you have an action you want to do. I, I I hit my head and I'm bleeding. And I say, everyone grab on! And I want to cast Rope Trick. Ooh. So I, I grab a rope. I touch a length of rope and it rises into the air 60 feet. Um, hanging perpendicular to the ground. And I say, grab on! And I, I start scrambling up. 
It's a little slide whistle sound as this rope just goes straight <laughs> up and you start trying to scurry it up. Uh, and it goes from Sunshine to Cyrus. Alright, so I, I guess I, I had to make another F like check to try to break out. Yeah. Alright, 17 plus 6. So I got 23. Oh yeah, you're upset about this situation because you saw someone try to attack Clark and that is clearly not for the Shining God. I break out and my first thing, I'm not paying attention to the two people attacking me. Uh, I'm going to cast uh, Wrathful Smite, which is a bonus action. Mm. Um, and so I, get, I can, on my next melee attack, I can add 1d6 uh, psychic damage extra. Nice. And then also on a failed save, uh, what is this? Uh, yeah, they have to make a wisdom save versus, I believe it is 13, yes, uh, a wisdom save versus 13, and if they fail, they are frightened of me, but I'm going to, um, like, I'm attacking the one that was attacking Clark with my great sword underwater. All right, roll the hit with advantage, because that one has the fairy fire on it. Good. So I got 24. That's for sure a hit. So it's 19 damage. So you hit right into this one. It looks like at first it might be okay because it's just trying to swim away from you and then it stops and it's trembling and it's eyes and ears and nose and mouth all start bleeding and then it's head just explodes. <laughs> yeah, and then as soon as the heads explodes, you see uh, Sirius like right behind it, Clark, and I just smile and give a thumbs up. Say, praise me, but it's like underwater. I don't know if you can understand. <laughs> you notice that Clark is totally breathing fine, but you are not. Well, I get it. Clark is closer to God and I also give a praise be and I let out a little <laughs> more oxygen. If I can, for like a, I don't know, like a free action, like point at the potion that's falling further in the well. Yeah, you see it. Would I have time to try to get it, or do I just kind of see it sink? Uh, you're just seeing it sink, because you used your movement to break out, and yeah. Yeah, I look down at it, and I nod like I know what, what Clark is talking about. <laughs> I don't. And Clark understands that I don't get it. <laughs> All right, so from Cyrus looking at a head explosion, we go over to Bardo. So Bardo, you see a lot of flurry of motion coming from this well, and blood is starting to rise to the top. This water is definitely not drinkable anymore. Sure, that seems to be one of the things you could do to describe it. So the rope is coming up, Sunshine is climbing the rope, but no one else seems to be climbing the rope. Not Clark, neither Clark nor Cyrus. Clark hasn't had a turn, I don't think. Uh, so far, you just see Sunshine is scurrying up that rope. I, uh, uh, yeah, not trying to clog the channel there. Uh, Barda leans over the edge and yells, Your mother is so serp such a serpentine leviathan! And in a combination of vic vicious mockery and prestidigitation, an echo comes back, how much of a serpentine sea monster is she? She's so much of a serpentine sea monster that when she sits around the lock, she really sits around the lock. <laughs> and um, one of the uh, mer people, what it's whatever women that live in the crazy <laughs> monsters that live in the well, yep. has to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, they got an eight. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. Nerve. Well, then they're gonna take a damage and they're at disadvantage to their next attack. All right, so you see this, um, Clark and Cyrus, while you're underwater. This one's given it all. It has a crossbow bolt in it, and suddenly these words ring out, and it just it just deflates them. They just sigh underwater. <laughs> the other sirens look over to them and they go, "What am I doing?" <laughs> 
I'm doing with my life. <laughs> just, I come down here, I hang out in a well. And I lure people in here and I try to kill them. I'm done. I know what I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. You guys can keep trying to live this lie, but I'm going to get out there and I'm going to go find out the truth. And you just see this siren, it just swims off. And the other two just look affronted. And then they look over at the rest of you and they're pissed. Oh, <laughs> cut him. Look, I don't actually feel that bad. He was cutting my friend to death. <laughs> they were cutting our friend to death at their claws. <laughs> so the other two just look pissed now. Like, you you took someone away from the fold. They're leaving home. They're not ready for that. This is an empty nest now. What are they going to do? And it goes from Bardo to, oh, not till Theus. He's gone. I do not have to feel bad for these people. Yeah, no, he's he's gone. Where'd he leave that book? It's on him. And he was and he was the one that believed in the false god, right? Yeah. Yeah, he got what was coming. From them to Clark. how is Cyrus looking? Like is he look like he's taking a whole bunch of damage? I I still look okay. Okay. Yeah, he just looks like he can't breathe. Yeah, I definitely can't breathe. And uh, of the remaining sirens, are they? Do any of them have the fairy fire light on them? One of them does. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to clock that one with my mace, and I get advantage. Oh, that's a seven, and that's an eight. Wow, cool. So you swing this mace, and it turns out it's really hard to swing a weapon underwater. You saw Cyrus do it, and it looks so easy, and then you try it and kind of pulled your <laughs> arm a little. Okay, so I'm going to use my movement to go towards the priest and both try to pick up the potion, like, for my next turn or whatever, for my action, try to get the potion in the book. But for now, I'm just going to use my movement to go towards the priest. So you swim towards this priest, and yeah, you see the book is poking out of the robes. Okay, do I see the potion? Yeah, you see it sinking. It's not quite at the bottom yet, but it's coming on down. Okay. And it goes from your go to their go. So one is going for Cyrus, and one is coming for you, Clark. Okay. So one comes for you, Clark, but you saw it coming, so you just kind of dodge out of the way underwater. And another one comes for you, Cyrus, and you just kind of turn your sword sideways and catch its claws and then push it back. And it goes from your go to Sunshine. So Sunshine, you're climbing up a rope. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> and, and look behind me. And I'm, I'm going to shout, Get out here and grab the book! And I'm going to keep going. The book was on the priest, right? Yeah, it's on the priest in the wall. So you're climbing up this rope, and you quickly skitter out and get out there, and you see actually a fair amount of people are just coming out of this area, and like they're, they're seeing, like, what's going on? And make me a quick perception check. 14. So you see that potion that you threw to the ground actually has a crack in it, and some of it is starting to leak out now all into the ground. And the people are all starting to come out, and they're looking like, what's going on? Why Why is there a rope in the middle of the well? What? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of jump a little bit and stumble back. No, nothing to see here. We've got it under control. Bardo, you're starting to get a bit of a crowd around you. Hi, everybody. It is uh, great to see you. It, there is nothing serious going on. We are taking care of a minor pest control issue in the well. 
uh, this is all going pretty much according to plan. It's a little louder than we intended, and we apologize for that. We didn't mean to attract the attention. We kind of wanted to do it late at night, so it didn't attract. It didn't really kind of. We didn't want to tamp down the tourism options for the town. So we were called in because, we, again, keeping it very quiet to help address a couple of problems that you were having with some of the things, with something in the well and water system. We just wanted to assure you that everything is going to be fine. We were working very closely with the head of the Church of Talos and trying very hard to make uh, that interfaith relationship work as best as it can. That being said, it would probably be wonderful if everyone went back to bed. The Shining God will protect us. Can you say the same for your Talos? <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's really taken aback, and they actually start heading out. Like, oh, I guess this is taken care of. I guess we can just go home. And it goes over <laughs> to Cyrus. All right, so, and Clark is, like, kind of up up against the, like, the well wall, trying to get the book right. All right, so I'm going to swim up to get where Clark is behind me and I'm in front of Clark and the two sirens so I'll take a breath so I'm no longer drowning and then so I'll take a deep breath and then I immediately stick my head back underwater and I'm going to use my breath weapon to shoot the uh, two sirens with uh, with some acid that uh, that is going oh, nice. to fill up the uh, you know I'm trying to fill up this well with acid but I'm doing it to protect um, so they have to uh, make a 13 uh, deck save of 13 they both fail. Four. So you breathe out this acid. And these creatures just shriek out in pain. And it doesn't bother you at all because your skin is obviously really weathered and yeah. used to your own acid. So it's fine. And uh, Clark, you actually feel like it's burning a little bit. Uh, not really taking much damage or anything. And it goes from... Uh, Cyrus to Bardo. So Bardo, uh, what are you going to do about this crowd? There's still a fair amount of people here. Continue to do customer service, go away talk <laughs> and try and tell them, again, your problem is being addressed. We've raised it with the, it's the highest levels of the town's management there. Uh, we, we will of course bring everyone up to speed as soon as the issue's been addressed. I assure you, you will hear from our superiors about any complaints that you may wish to lodge. Uh, make me a persuasion check. Uh, well, I'd be happy to. That's a 26. Woo! Oh, my God. Hard shit. Everyone just buys it. There's going, well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw Talthaeus jump in the well. I mean, he wouldn't do that if he didn't know what he was doing. So, yeah, I guess it's time to head out. So the crowd just disperses completely. And it's just you and Sunshine in this town square. And even Olivia goes back on in. And your friends are fighting down there in the well. Bardo, I think we're doing really well in this town. I think we're going to be very popular later. I'm sure of it. Uh, and I, to the extent he has actions left, pulls, uh, loads his hand crossbow and slugs his potion. Yeah, so you drink this potion. Your lungs feel a little weird. Like the next breath you take feels a little awkward, but after that, it's fine. And you reload your crossbow and we go to... Nope, that priest is still dead. <laughs> we go to Clark. Um, I'm going to try to grab the book. Yeah, you grab that book, no problem. Okay, and then um, I'm going to go after that potion. Uh, make me an athletics to try to get it quick. Oh, 17. I rolled a 15. Yeah, you swim down and grab it, no problem, before it hits the bottom. And looking up, you see Cyrus just breathing out this acid and wrecking chop. <laughs> Can I, do I have time to give it to him? It's 
for like my action rather than casting a spell or using an attack. Yes. Okay, I like motion myself drinking it. I make it I try to make it very clear for Cyrus what I need him to do. Then I like shove it in his face as in like take the potion. Or could I like feed it to him for my action? Yeah, I'll let you do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh yeah, as soon as you try to get me to do anything, I'll just open my mouth for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the shining god helps those who help themselves. So you swim up and start feeding this potion to Cyrus. And you take one point of damage, as this water is quite acidic around him. That's fine. Now, Cyrus, you can breathe underwater. Hell yeah. Just like God always wanted me to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you two make me a perception check. 13. 17. Looking around, just like what Sunshine saw, this is a very large cavern. And you actually see like this glowing fungus lighting up here and there. It, every so often it illuminates a bit of colorful coral. And you see this fungus is almost going in like a path that leads to a tunnel further in. Cool. All right, so these two are attacking Cyrus. Uh, oh, shit. So one hits you normal, and one critical hits you. And it is just a normal critical hit. <laughs> so take five points of damage from the normal first hit. Hell yeah. And then you take 14 from the critical hit. So 19 in total? About three hit points left. Who? So, Clark, when you were feeding Cyrus's potion, it just kind of created an opening for them that they could take advantage of. And they swam in and they bit down hard. And they're just like ripping at him, ripping pieces off. And there's so much blood floating into the water right now. And it goes from the monsters go down there up to Sunshine. So, Sunshine, you're up top. You're standing with Bardo. Bardo, what are you doing? You drink the charlatan's potion? I do not really have... What? You've seen me drink... I drink pot... That's priest... The priest! He preached a false god! Yeah, but like magic stuff... Like if he killed one of those things, that would have been fine. I don't get it. Have you ever... Your purity tests are going to get us killed, Sunshine. I've been burned so many times by taking a strange liquid from someone I don't know. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three, four, or five more times. I've learned... Should, should I drink it? Do you think I should drink it? Do you think I should drink it? I mean, like, should I drink? Should I drink the potion? I already threw it on the ground. Like, I, 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 You should probably have drunk the potion. I can probably still drink. I mean, I'm not above drinking something off the ground. Do you think it's a good idea for me to drink it? I, I mean, I drank it and they drank it, and I'm sure it seems like we should probably be have spent this time that we're having this doing something productive to save our friend. I am taking more than six seconds to say this. Um, <laughs> I, uh, what, 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 what should, what, what, what should I do? Well, if the Shining God leads you to drink the potion off of the ground, which the Shining God seems to have shown you the way, illuminated this path. Can I use my action to pray to the Shining God to see if, um, if, if they want me to drink the potion off the ground? Um, yeah, make me a religion check. 
plus five, ten, huh? Oh wow, that's a high religion. <laughs> Look at that. Um, well, you don't hear anything, but uh, maybe that silence is them saying yes. You're not sure. That's good enough for me. Do you want to try to eat the dirt that this is on? Um, I start lapping it up on the ground uh, with like gla- like glass and dirt and all. Like yeah. this is not the first time Sunshine has has drank liquid from the ground. All right, so I rolled an eighty-one. So you got uh, most of the potion back. Normally it lasts twenty-four hours, but for you it'll last eighteen. Okay. Uh, so you are chewing down. It is chewy. It is gritty. It is glassy. Uh, you're swallowing down. You do take one point of damage because you did just eat glass. That's fair. But uh, thankfully, you're a goblin. You know, you you've eaten glass and trash and stuff like this before. It doesn't it doesn't bother you. And your body has natural defenses <laughs> against it, and all bad decisions, really. I like to call that spice. So you eat the potion in its new solid form. Ardo shakes his head, and it goes to Cyrus in the water. Well, you know what? I was gonna heal myself, but I'm not I'm not important enough to get healed, so I'm just going to uh, <laughs> cast a let's see, I already did let's do a thunderous smite. So it's a bonus action and first time you hit with a melee action during your spell's duration, your weapon rings thunder that is audible within three hundred feet of you and the attack deals two D six thunder damage. Nice, yeah. Roll with advantage. Uh, so it is a 17 to hit. That's a hit. Nice. So 19 damage in total. So you blast this one. And it is obliterated. And the other one looks like it's just ready to run. And it goes to Bardo as you watch as something just like gets blasted out of the water and slams into the wall and back into the water. It looks like they kind of had... No, I should go. Bardo jumps, uh, tries to sort of slide down the down the rope into the water, aiming crossbow and shooting at one of the one of the uh, sirens as it as is appropriate. Awesome! Make an athletics check and roll the hit. All right. Well, the athletics check came out as a twenty-one. <laughs> so that worked itself out. I think I was gonna burn a spell slot on it. Um, no, that's fourteen. That's a hit. That is a three, so that will be a, a six damage. Awesome! So you fired your crossbow, and it nails into this creature, and you see everything that they were seeing before as well: the two dead sirens, the coral, the glowing moss, the tunnel, and uh, yeah. So then it goes to Clark. I'm going to use. Prayer of Healing, and uh, up to six creatures of your choice that you can see within range, each regain hit points equal to 2d8 plus my spellcasting modifier. Alright, roll it. I heal eight, and Cyrus heal eight, heals eight, and I'm still going to heal you too, because I'm burning the spell slot either way. <laughs> uh, I heal Cyrus a little bit. It was 2d8 plus five, and I... So Cyrus, you definitely feel better as this beautiful shining light heals up some of your wound. Mm-hmm. I love that. Love that good shine. <laughs> so Cyrus and Clark, you both get attacks of opportunity as this siren tries to swim away. Oh, I'm gonna hit it with my mace. 
Ooh, I got a critical failure. I got a one. D uh, does it have the fairy fire on it? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. That's a uh, better one. I got a 19 plus six. Rule damage. Oh, is it 10 to hit? Does that hit? That's a miss. With it. Nine damage. So you stab your sword forward, and it rips right through this siren. And as you kick it off of your blade for the Lord, you look around at this strange well and this scene of watery gore around you. And you think, you've been doing good work in this town. Wasn't that lovely, travelers? Such a shining moment for our beautiful members of our congregation. They work so well together, praising the shining God. I'm just so happy. All of them have a good head on their shoulders. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want them betraying one another. That happens far too often, and honestly, our HR department is eternally busy. Ugh. Well, you know how it is. And this is why we really push for the two-week sprint, one-week break. To make sure that our people aren't constantly trying to kill. Well, travelers, I hope you enjoyed this shining birthday. It has been magical. But don't worry, there's one more part, because I know you enjoyed some good killing of sirens. But now, we get on to the good part. Alright travelers, remember to reach out to those you love, to make sure you stay connected. In these difficult times, people often just isolate themselves, but that doesn't mean you can't use some technology to reach out to one another. Take care of yourselves, travelers. And remember, the Shining God loves you. Welcome to the world of Heavendale, a town populated by superpowered teens that have been infiltrated by the Did group. Did you mention daycare yet? I was gonna just say who they were. So hey, hey, don't forget to tell everybody that I used to be a villain. I have to, I have to like get to that first before I can even say Damn it. Damn it! I rolled a five. Why are you rolling dice? We're just recording a promo and not playing. Ah, crap! I rolled a four. What? We are going to die in the promo. Okay, that doesn't really make sense if people haven't listened to the podcast yet. So I don't know why. It's a pre-callback. Okay, pre-callbacks are not a thing. I feel really good about the promo. I have not even finished the opening line. Yeah, I think we nailed it. Okay, no one knows the name of our podcast. It's Critical Bits. It's a comedy role-playing game podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Critical Bits.